A reading from the book of Sirach. God sets a father in honor over his children. A mother's authority he confirms over her sons. Whoever honors his father atones for sins and preserves himself from them. When he prays, he is heard. He stores up riches who reveres his mother. Whoever honors his father is gladdened by children, and when he prays, he is heard. Whoever reveres his father will live a long life. He who obeys his father brings comfort to his mother. My son, take care of your father when he is old. Grieve him not as long as he lives. Even if his mind fail, be considerate of him. Revile him not all the days of his life. Kindness to a father will not be forgotten, firmly planted against the debt of your sins, a house raised in justice to you. The word of the Lord. Be to God. everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. For you shall eat the fruit of your handiwork. Blessed shall you be and favored. Blessed are those who fear the Lord and walk in his ways. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the recesses of your home your children like olive plants around the table. Blessed are those who fear the Lord and walk in his ways. Behold, thus is the blessed man who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Blessed are those who fear the Lord and walk in his ways. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians. Brothers and sisters, put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if one has a grievance against another. As the Lord has forgiven you, so must you also do. And over all these put on love, that is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of Christ control your hearts, the peace into which you were also called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, as in all wisdom you teach and admonish one another, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or in deed, 
do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, be subordinate to your husbands as is proper in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and avoid any bitterness toward them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this is pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children so they may not become discouraged. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the days were completed for their purification according to the law of Moses, the parents of Jesus took him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons, in accordance with the dictate in the law of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace, according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in sight of all the peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and glory for your people, Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be contradicted. And you yourself a sword will pierce so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was also a prophetess, Anna, 
the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived seven years with her husband after her marriage, and then as a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day with fasting and prayer. And coming forward at that very time, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were awaiting the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. When they had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. I purposefully highlight that last paragraph of today's Gospel pericope section from the Gospel of St. Luke, which gives us the most details as to the early years of the Lord Jesus and his family. But I highlight that last paragraph because when you take into account what is being highlighted about Joseph and Mary in relationship to Jesus, and what is being highlighted as to them being quote-unquote holy, it is focused on the reality of the obedience to the law of God and their fear of the Lord, which fear of the Lord is to be understood as reverential regard for God as God, in awareness that there is a God, we are not him, and this God is most loving and most concerned with our well-being, our welfare. And so we see in this scene, everything is according to the dictates of the law. Nothing unusual about them going to the temple in compliance with the Mosaic law as it's laid out. Every firstborn male that comes forth from the womb is to be dedicated, is to be presented to the Lord in the temple. And if a family is lacking in means, if they are poor, because the ordinary uh, sacrifice is that of a lamb, you can produce the, the turtle doves or the pigeons, which is indicative of poor families. And this is how we know that the Holy Family was poor in terms of possessions, worldly possessions. So everything up to that point is normal. What is presented to us is extraordinary is what happens when Simeon, the aged one, comes. This, he's filled with the Holy Spirit, we're told, and he takes the child and begins to utter prophetic words over this child. Now, just put yourself in the position. Think about a baptism that you've come to. Now, imagine. Everybody's gathered. We're going through the ritual and so forth, and all of a sudden, some aged person just comes in. and uh, Excuse me, Father, may I take the child? and then takes the child 
and then begins to speak words that are quite extraordinary. And this is what happens. This child is being declared to be a contradiction, a sign of contradiction to bring about the rising and falling of many and so forth. And then it's not enough there then to speak directly to the mother of the child about a sword of sorrow will pierce your soul too so that the thoughts of many will maybe be revealed. That in itself was astonishing. We're told, in fact, Joseph and Mary were amazed at what was being spoken. And yet and still, after all of this, the gospel concludes by saying, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with the wisdom and the favor of God was upon him. No fanfare, no big celebration. They returned to their homes and focused on the duties of family life. There in itself is a model for us, it's an example for us. And we hear the writing from the book of Sirach, which highlights certain things with regard to children honoring their family, their parents, and parents relative to the children, and as an incentive for these things. And it speaks, it's very practical. Everybody's getting a, getting a little bit of advice from this wisdom literature of, of the book of Sirach. But if you really stop and listen to the writings of today's Mass, it's really St. Paul's letter to the Colossians that provides us with the formula that constitutes Christian living in community, be it of a family or any group of people, what constitutes living in relationship that is apropos and in compliance with the new and eternal covenant established by the Lord. Put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If one has a grievance against another, as the Lord has forgiven you, so must you also do. And over all these, put on love that is the bond, the bond of perfection. Do you notice how as St. Paul lists these virtues, they become more difficult? Each one incrementally is more difficult than the last one. It climbs. And it's, it's on purpose. The church is saying, the Lord is saying, God is saying to us, he understands the challenges that, it's in, that it entails to do this consistently because of the original sin. We have the tendency to do the opposite of what it says. But again, we have been empowered. The Spirit of God has now been bestowed upon us. We can now live in accordance with these virtues. We can cultivate this with the help of God. And, you know, when you hear about bearing with one another, bearing what? You know, bear, bear with the whining and the complaining. Bear with, the, bear with the, 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 the fact that they leave their clothes. They don't pick up behind themselves. Bear with all of that. You know, th there it is. Bear with this. Forgive one another. And notice now, <laughs> forgive. And he says, as Christ says, Christ has forgiven you. So therein is the point of, 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 of standard laid before us. All of us, all of us are capable of imitating, of modeling what the Holy Family presents us with. 
And by them being virtue, being called holy, they knew what it was. They did not have an easy road. They did not have an easy way at all, in fact. They knew. They saw this. Every family, you know, you look at a family. And also, what, what, a, what a wonderful thing here. It's not to say a small family or a large family, God is not, and one is not better than the other. Because the, the holy family was Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. One child. So whether you have one child, two children, three children, five, it's, it doesn't matter. What matters most to the Lord is that we are striving after his holy will. That we want to realize, and we see how God has chosen to come to make himself visible to the world in the context of a family because it's one of the primary roles that Jesus is going to be presenting to us in his, in his public ministry. What does it look like to live in a family? But not just the family of mankind, but in the family of the household of God. This is a revelation for us. And we can see how every, every aspect, every member of the, of the human family has a part to play. We see the pairings huh, of Mary and Joseph, uh, uh, Anna and, and Simeon. Now, we don't know what Anna, Anna went on to prophesy too. She was saying some things, but we don't know what she spoke. I'm going to go and investigate, though. I'm going to investigate in one of the private revelations I have from um, Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich and see, does she have any insight? And if so, I'll come back and report to you. What was it that Anna the prophetess had to say? Because I would be interested to know spending night and day fasting and praying, staying in the temple? I would love to know what she had to say. Wouldn't you? So I'm going to come back to you and report to you. If I find it, I will come back to you. I hope it's worth our, our time. I'm sure it will be. But in this meantime, as we see ourselves on the cusp of another calendar year, and as we all know what it is, to be sometimes befuddled, sometimes at a loss at how mysterious family life can be. I speak especially to parents, even grandparents, as you see your children's children now, and you wonder about how your own children developed under your charge, and you had some sense of things, but there was always mystery as to how these children were going to form, how would they grow, and what would they become. You had your ideas, and all of a sudden something might change, and you're like, wow, I never saw that. I never could have imagined, but now <laughs> it's there. Mary and Joseph experienced the same thing with Jesus. There were certain things that they certainly took great joy in, and they also experienced and shared his sorrows with, but then there were other things that they know could never once again be recaptured. Once there's a certain period of time in, in a child's development, you're never going to get those back. They're, they're gone. So they can identify with you and with me as we think back on some of the things that we, we've done or what we failed to do, and we think, well, what if I would have done this? What would I have done? It's okay. But to know that God is governing all of this, that God is present to all of these things, to be a holy family, to be a holy member of the household of God, requires humility obedience, and a reverential regard for God. And to have the assurance, have the conviction that this God who has created you and I out of love has absolutely your best interest at heart. 
your best interest. As we strive to bear with one another, as we strive to put on compassion, that virtue that helps us to suffer with the other, particularly when we fail to meet each other's expectations, we disappoint one another. But, but somehow we, we know that God is at work in these things. To see how God has been patient with us in our own journey, our own particular development, and to, to be able to reciprocate that to the other. Perhaps a resolution, if you're thinking on what you might do for the new year, is to really pray with this letter of St. Paul to the Colossians, chapter 3, verse 12 through 21. Hone in on the virtues that he articulates. Which particular virtue might you embrace, might I embrace, that I'm going to work on in this new year? As hopefully we also reflect upon, where were we this time last year on this the Feast of the Holy Family? Or just in light, in, in Christmas, in the light of Christmas itself. How far have we come? How much have we grown in likeness to Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, to Simeon and Anna, who, who model for us what it looks like to have patience, to wait. How many years did they wait to see, to see this child of the promise come forth? Well, maybe some of those issues, maybe some of those questions are trivial when it ultimately, when it comes down to what really matters. And, and that is, once the revelation was made known, once it came to pass, were they prepared? Yes, they were. They were prepared to receive the one promised by God to such an extent that they were capable of bearing witness to others. So here we find ourselves still in the light of the mystery of the Word made flesh, love personified. Have we prepared ourselves do we find that we're still lacking? If so, it's not too late. It's never too late. Remember, our God is the God of the here and now, the present moment. And in this present moment, the opportunity is available. We will soon move to the second part of the liturgy, the liturgy of the Eucharist, where those who are in love with one another share the meal of love. It's an, it's an exchange. It always is an exchange. One heart for another so that the two become one. And that, to such an extent, there is no differentiation. You can't distinguish between one from the other. That is the goal. That is what the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph invite us to participate in. In fact, I love the words of Pope St. Paul VI, who actually was preaching this homily in the Holy Land on the Feast of the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. And this is a word that I think we can conclude with. The hidden life at Nazareth allows everyone to enter into fellowship with Jesus by the most ordinary events of daily life. The home of Nazareth is the school where we be begin to understand the life of Jesus, the school of the gospel, First, then, a lesson of silence. 
may esteem for silence that admirable and indispensable condition of mind revive in us a lesson on family life. Mary may Nazareth teach us what family life is. It's a communion of love. It's austere and simple beauty. And it's sacred and inviolable character. A lesson of work. Nazareth, home of the carpenter's son, in you I would choose to understand and proclaim the severe and redeeming law of human work. To conclude, I want to greet all the workers of the world, holding up to them their great pattern, their brother, who is God. And for all of the youngest among us, our children, remember how the gospel concludes. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. God love you. <laughs>